Welcome to Tea Tequila and Transformation. I'm Kiana. And I'm Victoria. And this is our spiritual podcast for witchy bitches and spiritual babes. Hi guys, welcome back to Tea Tequila and Transformation. It's just Victoria today. Um, Kiana went to go see her uh, boyfriend and they haven't seen each other in a long time, so she's going off to see him. And so I'm recording for you guys today. You're just going to hear from me. How interesting and weird. Um, so it's been, what, two weeks since you guys heard from us. Um, last week, we were both just very busy. I had graduation, training. Um, yeah, my rotation was just trained. I just had a lot going on. And Kiana also was getting the wedding stuff together for her friend Bree. And so we were just both very busy. And then Sunday came because we were recording for Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we were both like busy all day. And then Sunday um, came and Key just wasn't up for it. And I was like, cool, we'll just, you know, take the week off. It's all good. Then this past week, we ha- I had training week for my orientation leaders. And that went very well. I'm very excited for this summer. We're going to have a good time. Um, and I got to hang out with some friends and, um, yeah, it was just a, a week of training. I got my hair done on Friday for not on my Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I got braids, so I have now braided up. So those are just updates of Victoria's life. Um, yeah, we're doing good. We start summer classes in a couple weeks. And so, yeah, we're excited and a little annoyed because I take out classes and do orientation, but it's all good in the uh, neighborhood. So this week, um, I know you guys have heard me talk about it um, on the podcast, but I never really dove deep into it. But this week, I want to kind of talk about the church wound. And I found this TikTok. I'm going to just play the beginning of it because I really like it. And I can also post a TikTok if um, y'all don't understand it because it's like an African, it's like an African guy and, you know, they have different accents if you like them, they can't understand it. So we're going to talk about this week, my church wound. Hi, it's the wall with me today. Turn down wood into a scar. The difference between a scar and a wound is that the scar has gone through the healing process. Turn down wound, turn down pain, turn down hurt into a scar. This is exactly what happens. So basically he said, like, turn that wound, turn that hate, turn that pain into a scar. And I think that's very interesting to kind of get us started on our topic today. So I want to talk about the church wound. Um, some backstory. If you don't know me, um, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor for basically as long as I can remember. And church was basically my entire life. I've never really been the type of person that um, just followed the church blindly I just really never, I have, I always have a lot of questions. Um, of course, I'm now more vocal than I was in the past. So I never really asked the questions and I kind of just followed along because that's what I was expected to do. And I had a people pleasing and um, perfectionist trait in me. So it was just easy to just follow along and just do what they say, you know. Um, when I left my house, I think I moved out around 19 years old. When I left at 19, I only moved like right up the road. So I like left the freaking city. Um, when I moved out of my parents and into my place at 19, I stopped going to church as much, but I was still continuously going to church. My issue with church was that they would preach and teach 
you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't gossip, don't do this, don't talk about people behind their backs, no adultery, you know, cheating, no this or that, and the third, right? And I continue to see that they were still doing all these things that they literally tell me not to do all the time. So I just never, I was just like, the church is basically full of hypocrites at this point. Like, you all are giant hypocrites. And I've always been a person that people will tell me their secrets, which is totally fine. And I will keep your secrets. Like, I won't use them against you or anything like that. So I would always see these, like, people, like, telling other people, like, you know, oh, Julie, she did this. And, you know, she's not supposed to be doing that because, like, that's not of God. But, like, yet you're out here gossiping about Julie. Like, so I never really got that part of the church, if we're being honest. And I think that is what started my, like, mm, this is kind of suspicious for me. But they always say in church, you know, your relationship with God is your own. Um, so do that with that as you please. My other issue with church is that they they made it seem like if you don't speak your prayers or your desires out loud, that God can't hear you. But then they would talk about how he's all-knowing, he's like omnipresent, omni, omni this, omni that. And so then like if he's like all these different omnis, then he should be able to read my mind, right? Like he created my mind, so then he should be able to read it. Like those are the questions I've always had with church. And like then, you know, growing up, becoming an adult and getting into history, you finally find out that the Bible is not a correct description of what is happening. Like, it's not. It was written, it was basically translated, then rewritten, and then pieces of it are taken out. So the Bible that I grew up with is the King James Version Bible. Named after King James, one of the kings of England, who really rewrote it and pulled things out, put things in that, appeased him as the king so like mm, not really smart also if there's like supposed to be this like all-knowing god and all these different religions are supposed to be believing in their version of god and actually i studied islamic religion for a semester and it was very interesting the islamic religion is beautiful let's be honest and it's probably the most ju least judgmental religion that I've ever heard of. Like, um, it's just very interesting how if we're supposed to be like this all loving, knowing, caring people, like you're supposed to love all God's people. Like this is how we choose to treat people. And I've just never really got that. Also, I never also never got the whole like worshiping other idols because God is a jealous God. Like what? Like you couldn't, I, I couldn't be on my phone like texting someone because that's worshiping an, an idol. Because I'm texting someone back on my phone. Like, there were so many things that could have been an idol. Like, if you watched TV more than you prayed, the TV's an idol. If you hung out with your friends more than you were at the church, the friends are the idols. Like, it was, like, all of these different things. And it's just, like, how are there so many rules to this makeup religion? And that is why I'm now more spiritual than religious. Um, so, like, I just always had a lot of questions growing up as a child that just, like, never really got answered okay but i still continued to go to church until about <clears throat> 25 i want to say 25. so at 23 me and antoine moved here to columbus georgia new york station at benning and so we moved here and i was like my mom gave me a list of churches to check out that were still under our like pca up which is my um home council it's Pentecostal Churches of the Apostolic Faith. So I'm Pentecostal Apostolic, 
if I follow my religion. I'm Pentecostal apostolic. That's what I grew up as. Um, I would consider my church that I current I went to, the church that my father pastored, a more modern version of Pentecostal apostolic because there are some very old school churches where like women can't have jobs, women only can wear long sleeves, women only can wear long skirts, no makeup, no nails, hair's natural. Like there's a lot of rules. Um, we were more on the modern side of it, so it wasn't as um, restrictive. Um, basically, I stopped going to church. I, so I was going to church even when we moved here. I couldn't find like a Pentecostal Stock church in Columbus. It was under the PCA. Um, so I was going to the church in Atlanta a little bit, and then I started to just find a small, I was going to like the church on post, which is like a non-denominational church. So I was going to that every week, <clears throat> and then um, I started going to a different church that was actually right up the street from where I used to live, and it was like a black pastor and a black first lady, and that was more comfortable for me. Um, a girl that I uh, went to CSU with, she introduced me to the church. So I started going there for a couple months, um, and then things seemed to be fine, right? So... This is where it gets different. I was going to work and I worked at CSU. I continued to work at CSU, but I was working at CSU. It was my first year. And my mother calls me crying, flipping out. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, I just want to let you know that um, I left the house and I don't know if I want to go back. And I was like, okay, well, where are you? And she like wouldn't tell me where she was at. And, but she, that's all she said. And she was just like, I just want to let you know. And I'm like, what's going on? And she was like, nothing, we'll figure it out. Me and your dad, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, weird, but okay. Like, that's weird. So that was May. So then I call my dad after I get off the phone with my mother. And I'm like, hey, like, I just got off the phone with mom. She's talking about she left the house. Like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, nothing. Like, me and your mom just got into a fight. We'll, we'll be fine. It's fine. No big deal. And I was like, okay. And it's weird because my parents do not fight. Like, I've grown up in the house for a very, very long time. If they did fight, they didn't fight in front of me and my brothers. And there was just really, like, it just seemed all love, right? But as I said, looks could be deceiving. So um, that was me. So in June, um, my giant council, PCAF, we have a giant church conference every year. And this particular year just happened to be in Florida. My parents go because we go to all the church conferences. And my dad was like, oh, I can't go. Like, I have a new boss. He's not allowing me to have the time off. So he's not going. So my mom was like, okay, well, I'm still going to go. And I was like, okay, well, since it's in Florida and I live in Georgia, I'll just meet you down there because it's only a six-hour drive, right? So I get to go down to the conference and I enjoyed my time. And the crazy things kept happening. It was just like people would come up to me, my mother, and of course, like, everybody knows who my parents are in the PCF. So... Like, they would go to my, me and my mom and be like, um, you know, where's Pastor Green? And I would say, oh, he's at work. Like, he said he had a new job or he has a new boss. They couldn't take off work already because of this, that, and the third. And he has a new boss. And they're like, oh, cool. And then my mom would say, well, I don't know what he's doing. And I'm like, that's so weird. Like, why do you keep saying that? And I don't know. She kept just being weird. And she was like, this is where this is at. This is where my medicine's at. This is where this is at. If anything happens to me, this is what happens. But this is what you need to do. And I'm just like, what are you saying all these things for me? Like, and I'm just like looking at her like, what is happening? And she's like, I just need you to know these things. And I was like, okay, that's weird, right? So we leave the conference and we come back to Georgia. Mom stays here for like a week. 
And, you know, we're just hanging out and doing things. And she's just, like, saying these, like, crazy things about my dad. And she's just like, yeah, I don't know. Your dad's being really weird lately, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, around this time, they're about 50, 51, 52. And I was like, well, maybe he's going through, like, a midlife crisis. And maybe that's why he's, like, acting weird. Um, because we're late bloomers in my family. So we, like, we will go, like, I originally went through puberty, of course, at normal age, 13. But then I didn't get curves, boobs, butt until about 20-something. So, like, late bloomers in the family. So I was like, well, maybe he's just going through his midlife crisis, ma. Like, it's probably going to be a big deal. And she's like, mm, we'll see. And that was the last I've heard of that, right? So that was July. So we're hitting December. And my youngest, my younger brother, he was deployed. And he came back from deployment. And he's visiting my parents. And he calls me and he's like, oh, I just had to drop off dad at the airport, like the day after Christmas or the day before Christmas, something like that. And I was like, oh, what's he doing at the airport? And he was like, oh, he's going to see grandma. And at the time, my grandmother had cancer, which is his mother, and she had cancer. And um, we were like, okay, cool. Like, he was going up to visit her all the time because, like, unfortunately, my grandfather died a couple years before that. And he wasn't able to visit and be there for him, and I think, the way that he wanted to be. And so when he died, it really hit my dad really hard. It hit all of us, like hard but yeah so he was like saying he's going to see grandma and going in there for her cancer treatments and things and just to make sure she was good and make sure that my that her um that his brother's sister worked at my aunt and uncle and we're like okay cool but then so that was like a few days and so then on new year's eve 2019 new year's eve of 2019 Okay, this is the day that my relationship changed with not only my father, but also the church. I'm out with um, an older, I'm out with my husband and some old friends, and we are at a Columbus Dragons game, which is a, which is the local hockey team here in Columbus. And my mom calls me and I'm like, oh, hey, mom, what's up? And she was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm at a game with um, Antoine and some friends. And she was like, oh, well, just call me after that. And I was like, okay, cool. She calls me again, like maybe 30 minutes later. And I'm like, what's up, mom? And she was like, oh, are you still home yet? And I was like, no, I'm not. And she was like, okay, well, um, call me when you get home. I'm like, okay, cool. So we leave the game. We got to go get food. She calls. She, she either called me again and she's like, are you home yet? And I was like, no, we're about to go get food. And I was like, but I was like, we can go home if you like me talk. And she's like, I was like, or you can just tell me about what's going on right now. And she's like, no, it's fine. I'll do it when you get home. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then little Victor calls me. He's my younger brother. He is like, you need to call your mother right now and hangs up. And I'm like, hello, like what's going on? So I call my mother back and I'm like, Victor just called me flipping out. Like what's going on? And she's like, oh, it can wait till you get home. It's really not that big of a deal. And I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, yes. And I was like, okay, cool. So, okay, me and Antoine finally make it home after we go out to eat, go to the game, go out to eat, we're home. I call her back and I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? It's, we're home now. It's like 1130 at night by this point. And she's like, I just want you to know that your father has a mistress and has been cheating on me for this crazy amount of time. And... Like, this is basically like laying it on the line, right? So, in my state, I'm like, whose father? And she's like, your father. And I was like, um, 
that's crazy. What do you mean he has a mistress? Like, what are you talking about? Like, how does he have a mistress? And sorry, y'all. And I was like, well, you know, she was like, well, yeah, I've known for a while. I confronted him after I got back from your your place in July, like June, July. And he told me basically everything that he's been, you know, seeing another woman and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Right? And so she's like, but we're going to try to figure it out and see what's going on. And I was like, okay. So that really, the, the cheating is whatever, right? Because it's been a couple of years and I'm kind of over it now. Um, but it was devastating because my father was a pastor and for years, and I mean, not just for like two, three years, I mean, for the 25 years of my life, he has been preaching and teaching every day, every week. Don't lie. Adultery is bad. Cheating's bad. All these things that he is telling everybody, but then going around and doing his fucking self. So my church wound was created around that. It just, I think originally it was created when I was like questioning what the fuck these people were talking about at church because they were trifling, lying hypocrites. And then to combine it with the fact that my father's a giant piece of crap on top, it was just like cake, like icing on the cake, right? So that is the church wound. The church wound is the lying hypocrisy people of the church coupled with the fact that my father is one of those lying, cheating, hypocritical people. Like an ass, he is. And a narcissist that he is. It's cool. You know, I don't speak to him often. I try not to speak to him at all. The last time I spoke to him was probably a couple months ago, just because we had a family thing going on and he needed to be employed. Other than that, we do not speak. I have no reason to speak to my father. He is still preaching and teaching to this day, which is just fucking crazy to me. Just crazy. And then also at the same time, like literally a month or two after that whole father situation happened, a bishop at the of the church, one of the first bishop of the church, his beautiful wife died. He was married two weeks later. So in my, my mind, in my opinion, there's no way that you've been married for 45, 50, 60 years, right? Your wife dies and two weeks later you have a girlfriend and you're married again. That's suspicious. The only unsuspicious thing though is that she was German. And he flew her from Germany to Kentucky. And so that also is suspicious because, bitch, we know that you've been fucking around. And it's whatever. Like, you know. Like, people are not fucking stupid. Sometimes, I swear, people, black people like to act like we're fucking dumb. But we're not dumb. Like, you clearly know that he's been clearly fucking around with this lady this whole time. You could be in denial all you want. But, like, it's, not, it's really kind of fucking sense. So, he got married. His beautiful wife died. He got married two weeks later. He dies because God is like fucking ugly. And I've said that shit multiple times. So he's now dead. That happened. Two months after that happened, another bishop of the church was charged with sexual assault because he was sexually assaulting his nieces that he was raising. He like adopted these girls and started sexually molesting and assaulting them. So like what the actual fuck? And people of the church are protecting this person. And it's just like... Oh, one second, y'all. I'm so sorry. Sorry, y'all. Um, it was... Oh, hold on. Now it's Kiana. Okay, we're back again. <laughs> sorry, y'all. That was um my hospital, and then that was Kiana. So, all things good. Um, okay, so... 
I lost my train of thought. Oh, I was talking about how like my dad is trifling and then the trifling house bishop that died and then the other trifling house bishop that's a horrible person. So all things have happened back to back. And it's just like shows me like how crappy the church is, right? So I haven't been able to confront my church wound at all. I didn't want to talk about it. I don't like to talk about it. I'm kind of over it now. But I was, um, oh, that's Kiana again. Oh, no. Okie dokie. Sorry again, y'all. <laughs> so we're back. So the church wound has a, uh, just came to a giant wound because of the crap that I always saw growing up and then the father situation, the bishop situation, the second bishop situation. So all these things have created this wound of like, I don't trust nobody in the church, around the church, next to the church, behind the church, underneath the church. Fuck that. And then mama. That's how I feel, right? So a couple of weeks ago, I was just doing my thing. And one thing I do miss about church is the gospel music. So I started going around listening to my Kirk Franklin, my Mary Mary, my Yolanda Adams, okay? Just thriving, right? Listening to old school gospel because that's what I miss. I miss old school gospel. And I also like most of the Kirk Franklin's um, stuff. Anyway, I've always been a Kirk Franklin fan. And so I've been like walking around listening to my music doing my thing and then unfortunately my car if y'all don't know she needs a new uh, transmission so I actually went up to Tennessee for Mother's Day weekend to go get my mother's car that I can use until I decide to get my transmission fixed because I have time and I'm not worried about it and so that same day she's like oh well you can come to church because it's Mother's Day and I can do so for the first time in three years I went to church on Mother's Day of this year and this is after I started going back and listening to my gospel music again and like dealing with that and like just, you know, vibing with the gospel music. And so, um, mom's like, we're going to go to church. So we went to church for Mother's Day, me, her, and my youngest brother. And I wasn't feeling it. I was like, this is some weird things. The one thing I do miss about the church is that what's it that kind of churchy feeling of like this is the one thing in my life that i just love like this is the one thing that i never have to worry about because people that are there have that mindset and it's just beautiful to see and when i was back there i saw the like let's just praise with no worries no this no that and the third and it's just beautiful to see like that's what people are doing and it's just Interesting because I used to be that. I used to be praising with no worries, no this, this, that, and the third. And I feel like now I just can't. I feel like now I don't want to. I don't really see the point of church. I find it dramatic more than anything. I cannot sit there and listen to some man talk about whatever the freak they want to talk about. And I just don't want to anymore. And so when I went to church for the first time in a while, I was just like, I don't feel like I'm missing a part of myself anymore. I'm not mad at the church because let's be honest, it's really not the church that I was mad at. It was more of the people that I grew up with that 
claimed that they were these beautiful, wonderful, God-fearing Christians, but doing things that beautiful, wonderful, God-fearing Christians shouldn't be doing, you know? Should they be doing that? They should have been doing it. And that's very interesting to me. And I think overall, when you think about any and all of your wounds in the way that they heal or how the TikTok said, the scars, they do it in a way that is, it just takes time. So like, while my church wound isn't as pressing as it was, I don't feel bad when I listen to gospel music anymore. And I don't feel like I'm not being truthful or living my truth when I do listen to it. And I'm also don't feel bad to not go to church anymore. And while church was a huge part of my life, and even when I met Antoine, my husband, and I was making him come to church with me on Sundays because it was just like a huge part of my life. And I wanted that to continue even in my marriage. Um, it was just, it's something now that I realize that it's just not needed for me because I've seen this post. And it was like, spirituality has brought me closer to God than church has ever. And while I said I agree with that, I don't know if I believe in God himself or if I'm more like agnostic and I want to believe and I do believe in a way, but I also don't believe the same way. Because while I think the universe and God works tandem, I feel like I more rely on more of the universe for things with my manifestations, with releasing things, with ground, grind, grounding, because spirituality teaches you things that the church does not. And also spirituality doesn't expect you to have this perfection that the church does. And that was also a problem with the church for me. I grew up as a pastor's child and the light was always on me. Oh my God, if I did anything wrong, it would be in my father's message literally that same week. Like, oh, Victoria did this, that, and the third. So I had to basically walk around being princess perfect for so long that when I finally took off that mask of perfectionism and just started to be me, it was like so, I don't even know the words, like maybe crazy and difficult for people to believe that this is me. Like, because I had that mask on for so long. And I think that's the issue with church is that it forces you to put on a mask and be put into a box. And spirituality doesn't, uh, doesn't let you do that. Spirituality, you are who you are no matter what the fuck, you know? And you don't get that with the church. They just make you crazy, if we were being honest. And while I don't have as much hatred for church as I used to the past couple of weeks and months, I knew this was a big obstacle for me to get over in order for me to move on and move forward in my spiritual journey. The issue that I now need to address is my father wound, but I probably will not be doing that. And at least not for a while. But while this episode is probably gonna be the shortest one I've ever recorded because I don't have Kiana here to like kind of feed off of me. Um. I just want to let y'all know that, like, no matter what your drama, your trauma is yours and it's valid. 
in the wound that whatever, whoever, if you create it, if somebody else creates it, if the church creates it, it's okay to have because you don't have to always be strong. You don't always have to be the strong friend, be the strong person, have that perfectionist trait. And you should be able to be like living your life as you want to live. Yeah. So I hope you guys like this episode. I hope it kind of explains where I'm at now. And I guess I need to conclude with, I'm now at a place of peace when when I think of the church. I'm not mad at the church anymore because it's not really the church that I need to be. That is so busy. It's not the church I need to be mad at. It is the people of the church that I'm mad at. And because, you know, they just hype themselves up to be these amazing, wonderful people. But in reality, they're kind of crappy. They're kind of shitty. And they're actually just people. Like, you're looking up to these people like they are just God's chosen ones. And it's just like, mm, aren't you? Because I don't think you are. Mm, let's be honest. Let's be honest here. And it's okay because... Things happen, people happen, things change, people change, and it's okay. I want you to take whatever that wound is for you whenever you're ready to confront it. And I want you to tell that wound, you do not get to control me and my thoughts in my life anymore. I'm not gonna let you continuously hurt me. This is done, this chapter is closed, and I am moved on because what I've learned from my church wound is that I can still listen to gospel music. I can still get down with Kirk. I can still, if I choose, open a Bible and read it, which I'm probably not going to do that. Let's be honest, I'm not, but it's okay if I want to. But, and I can do these things and still have my version of God or the universe or whatever it is and still be a person that treats people with dignity and respect. And not like horrible people because they don't believe what I believe in. That's the other thing I don't like about Christianity. Is the pushing your agenda down other people's throats. <sighs> so yeah. I guess the last thing I need to go over is how do we confront this wound? Um, you can do what I just said and say that little affirmation. Um, another one is to do shadow work with it. There's different prompts for different types of wounds that you can do, but I don't want you to just do it and force yourself into it. I want you to do it when you feel ready and maybe you won't feel ready for a long time and that's okay. Like you don't have to feel ready at all. Like, and that's okay. Like I want you to know that Confronting your wounds and doing shadow work is heavy work and it's a lot and sometimes you can go weeks and days and months without thinking about your wound at all and then to just know that at the end of the day, it's okay. 
So to confront some wounds, shadow work's always a good one, tarot, a shaman, doing things that you used to do before you knew that it would have wounded you is okay. Look, I like I like gospel. I grew up on it. I love it. And I'm still going to listen to it to this day. And I think that's okay. And I know it's okay because at the end of the day, I only can live life for myself, for Victoria. And this wound of the church closing is beautiful. So please don't be shocked when you see me popped up on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok with my church wound photos that are closed. And it's okay. It's okay to want to close the chapter or close a door on a wound and not reopen it at all. But don't let that wound continue to hurt you. Let it scar over. Anyway, I hope you guys like this episode. I'm sure excited to hear Kian's episode next week because I think I'm going to let her record it. And I'll see y'all soon. As always, I'm Victoria and this is Tea Tequila and Transformation. Bye, loves. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the T3 Podcast. Make sure to come back next week for our new episode. Until then, this is Victoria and Kiana. And don't forget to grab your cup of tea or tequila.